Welcome to the Village Church Podcast Show, Episode 8. I'm Josh Patterson, joined here with Matt Chandler. Matthew, how are you? You know what? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to this show. It's already kind of wheels off a little bit. It is. It's going to be a good time, though. Sports, faith, Easter, internship. I mean, I don't know what other good thing you could put in this show. It's a good show. I mean, it's it's the week of March Madness. Brackets filled out. You got uh, yours get, filled out. Done. Yeah. Done. Who you got? I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm what? not gonna talk about it yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Later in the show. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gone. I I'm took going Wisconsin. Kentucky. You're going Wisconsin. Yeah, I took Wisconsin. You think they can get past Arizona? Yeah. Apparently. Well, apparently. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. So as you said, we got a lot to talk about this week on the show. We're going to talk about life at the village, a little bit about Easter services, internship program, things like that. And then really excited to have on the show with us today, Bob Sturm. Now, some of you in Dallas may be familiar with Bob, even nationally, really. But Bob is a host of a radio show here in Dallas on The Ticket, uh, which is a famous, or some may say infamous, uh, sports talk radio show here. So really excited to have Bob on. Uh, lend his expertise not only in the basketball conversation, but talk to us a little bit. Does Bob have any nicknames? The Sterminator. Okay. Is yeah. that the only one? Sports expert. Should I be nervous about Bob coming in? I Always. feel like this is not an area of strength. I, don't always, I think you'll be fine. Okay. I think you'll be fine. I'm looking forward to it. Talk, let's talk a little bit about Easter. It's coming okay. up, which is crazy, uh, just here in a couple of weeks, really three weeks, two weeks, something two. like that. And, uh, man, it is, it is for full bore. We're going to be going and really excited about that weekend in anticipating what the Lord's going to do and in hopes that he would. And so I'm really looking forward to Easter. Yeah, I think a couple of things always, I'm I'm hopeful that um, men and women take the opportunity to um, engage friends and invite them to hear the gospel message on Easter. I've read some things about how how much more willing people are on, say, For Easter sure. or Christmas um, to show up to hear the gospel. And I know here at the village we tend to take a, so we'll take a break from the book of James, um, and we'll just do a clear, concise gospel message with an opportunity to respond to that message. And, yeah. uh, so, so even now, my own heart being prayerful uh, that, that lost men and women would come and they would come to know Christ in their lives and eternities would be changed forever. You know, it's one of those things where the spring gets really full yeah. and you're just going, 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 and all of a sudden it's Easter weekend. And and I, I try to think about this every year, and I know that we talk about this every year, of really slowing down even now, being prayerful, being considerate about what really is before us and what we're celebrating, what we're considering. Not only that, but who, am I, who can I invite? Who am I praying towards? Who am I hoping that, that the Lord would use that weekend um, to bring somebody to faith. He's done it every yeah, year. And, and even, you know, I think one of the things I've been thinking this year is, is how do I help my family do that? Yeah. Not just, yeah. not just how do I personally do that or how do we do that as a church, but even how do I engage my family to, to help them make this week or sense the weight of this week? Right. That's good. That's good. We're just a couple of, uh, maybe a week and a half out before our internship program closes, yeah. uh, or at least the applications close for the internships. And so just want to mention it here again, we've gotten a lot of great, um, applications and looking forward to the next round of interns who will come our way in August. And so just want to say, again, we're taking applications through March 27th. Would love to have you yeah. uh, consider uh, joining us and being with us for the next year. And I think it's an opportunity to just kind of come and learn and, and grow and then see what the Lord has. And, and so I think up until this point, the classes we have have been uh, they've been great yeah. in, in regards to some of the people that have stayed around and other people that have kind of worked for other uh, have gone on and worked at other churches that we just kind of partner with or know about. And uh, so it's a great opportunity. So again, March 27th is when the applications deadline is and the internship is a 25 hour a week 
uh, practical ministry experience. It offers theological training, so we'd love to have some folks. High dollar. High dollar? High dollar. You get paid big time, like $60 million jet big time. Oh, I see what you did there. Too soon. People are making the connections, and maybe, then maybe. With that, let's make a turn to culture and theology. All right, real excited about this segment here, where we have with us Bob Sturm, the great Sturminator, uh, who is a host. Of, sports bully. Uh, a sports bully, some may say, sure. at the ticket. So, Bob, welcome. Glad hey, you're here. Thanks Glad for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Well, we, we've got all this official information about you here. You you wrote a book about how the Mavs won it, the official story. You've been on the ticket for, is it a decade? Jeez, 98, so 17, 17 years, years this summer. That's amazing. Yeah, it That's really amazing. is. I've listened to you for years. Thank so you. So I'm just going to say that. Big fan. I, I literally have never heard you on the radio, Bob. Yeah, but I like your voice, so totally I'm going to start fine. for no, no other I, reason. Except if you had a Scottish accent right now, it would be In fairness, have almost. you ever listened to Matt? Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, I actually gosh, do no, have your bad. app. And, uh, See, I feel bad now. And, and, and Well, I mean, uh, I, I'm at Listen, the early we stage. Carried, we won't I'm be not an expert on your work. But if you've heard one, you've pretty much heard it. I've at least cracked it open. So... So the guys I uh, I get with every week uh, in our little men's group uh, is it is it the beautiful design? Yeah, is that, yeah, yeah. That. We're going look through that. that. All right, yeah. well, all right. I didn't there even make go. that up. I didn't even have to look at a nose or anything. <laughs> yeah. I totally knew that. Well, on behalf of the church, I'm I do want it. to apologize that Matt has never given time to your work. It's that's a busy time of that's day. My bad. You know, it's, it's my bad. Twelve to noon, or not twelve to noon? That's okay. the same time. How does that work? Three. Yeah, it's a real short show. Don't get much airtime out there. That's awesome. It's all good. Well, we're looking forward to having a conversation about March Madness, and uh, that's where we're going to jump right in. And and the question that I want to start with is, what makes this so amazing? Like, there's something about this week that is set apart for sports. It's just almost sacred, in a sense. I don't don't use that word. Uh, Yeah, that's going to get some emails, bro. Sacred. You went sacred. Sports sacred. Sports Sports sacred. Yeah. 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 If you just put sports in front of it. So what makes it so amazing? What what, what makes this this tourney (laughs) unique? Uh, High stakes. Uh, That's really what it boils down to for me, because I'm, I, I love a lot of sports, but for instance, baseball, there's 162 games. Now, some would say that's the brilliance of it. To me, it says it's a lot of low-stakes games leading up to high-stakes games in October. March Madness is all about everything is in the middle of the table here. We're playing one game, and either you get to continue your career another game, or you're going home. And you were just on a high winning your conference title or whatever to get to this tournament. But now, as happy as you were, it could all be zipped away in, in two hours. So I, I really think just so much is at stake for these guys that that's what makes it cool. And there's got to be some aspect of this is the one spot that David can still kill Goliath. For sure. In, in a very real way. This yeah. is that time where you're like, like filling out the bracket. I don't, somebody's going to blow me up day one. I don't know who it is yet. Well, And yeah. you can do guard play and defense and all that, but it just kind of all goes out the window. Yeah, you can. And, and really what it boils down to is uh, in the NBA or NHL or baseball or whatever, it's best of seven series. And what that means is the best team can have a bad day or even three bad days yeah. and still win the series. Yeah. That's not like that here. No. And that's why David can beat Goliath is because it's a one game. If you have a bad day, we're really sorry. We know you're probably better, but go home. And that's, that's what makes it madness. 
We do that. Name. We do that with some of the younger pastors here, actually. So we'd give them a rep on the weekend, one and then bad sermon. one and one bad you're sermon. Out. You're out. We trade you're you. High I stakes like it. game. Trade you. High yeah, stakes. I like it. Put build the pressure. See what they're made of. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Okay, brackets. Let's talk brackets. Filled them out. I filled mine out this morning got mine in filled a hurry, um, and so I took Wisconsin. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm just yeah. going right there. I don't think Wisconsin's going to get past Arizona, but Here's the I've deal. gone Kentucky. Every year I go with my heart, which is Duke, and just about every year I'm disappointed. So I try to shake it up today, uh-huh. and that and may Duke, be a mistake. That probably means and Duke's going to win the national title. I might go mess be. with my bracket which real quick fine. now that I know which that is you fine with Wisconsin. Me. So it's it's win win. Well, look, I, uh, I I don't want to talk about me here necessarily, but I cleaned their arena as a kid at Wisconsin. I'm from Madison. Right. And uh, that was like one of my first jobs was cleaning the University of Wisconsin's arena. You know, you would clean up the peanut shells and the little bottles of wild turkey that everyone would bring to the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'd Wisconsin, dude. There is so cold up there. Uh, but I, I'm saying uh, that it, that was a job that a high school kid could do: get 50 bucks and go to a game for free. Yeah. Now they were awful at the time, but but my heart's with Wisconsin, so I love I love your role there, uh, and I and I hope. They they do very very well. They were in the final four here in Arlington uh, yeah. just last year, and 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 I was there to witness their demise against Kentucky. Yeah, um, a game they were in, right? A game they were yeah. absolutely in. Yeah. With five seconds to go, they were right. squared away. That's right. And then that uh, dude hit the three, and was that over. was that. But uh, you know, the story here is Kentucky. Yeah. You know, the story is for the first time since 1976, somebody could have a perfect season in college basketball, and that's. That's what we love uh, in the media or as fans. You want to see perfection, and they have a chance to go an entire season without a loss. And uh, when something hasn't been done in 40 years almost, you just say, well, there is your story of the tournament. But do you want to see it? I mean, do you you want to see them go down? I think more people want to see them lose than probably want to see them win because – they're Kentucky. Right. They win a lot. They win a lot with guys who have no no ideas of staying for their entire yeah, college. Never run. been to a college class. You know, Calipari. <laughs> that might be overstated, <laughs> I, but you, probably you might not. be. But uh, I don't. I don't know that Calipari listens. So you're probably good <laughs> right. there. But the idea that you know he has set up his program as kind of a pre NBA starter. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's kind of embraced the one and done philosophy. Yeah. Where he's just said, "This is what we're going to do." Seems like it's working pretty and, well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But that's why I love the tourney because he could come across five re- seniors and, and w- which is what happened last year. UConn yeah, absolutely took them out absolutely, which was great. They just that second half, the last ten minutes of the game, they took over the game where you just saw measured, prudent play, and the guys just couldn't keep and and they lost. And, that's and a, you know, there's something to be said about a veteran point guard, and that's why people think SMU have a chance to do a little something yeah. here in this tournament. I don't know how far, but uh, I, I took them. I took them one round in. And then I had him losing. I'll put him in the Sweet 16. That's what I, really? I think I've got him yeah, in the 16 okay. yeah. and then losing in the 16. Who'd you take all the way? Um, Kentucky. I've got Kentucky oh, winning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's predictable. I Is like it? your pick. Okay. But I probably agree with his pick. Kentucky. If you're a betting man, you're going that way. Yes. Yeah, if I was I a betting man, hypothetically, uh, hypothetically if, if betting but... even existed, I would say Kentucky's <laughs> yeah. a good bet. Right. Yeah. But I like your Wisconsin pick more. It's hard so head if it stuff. was a, yeah. I would I would like your pick on Facebook. I would bet with him. <laughs> right. So there. You filled your racket out? Uh, mentally. Okay. Mentally. You want to talk about it? I mean, I think Kentucky. And uh, I would love Wisconsin in the Final Four. And uh, Duke and uh, is Villanova the other one? I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, that's a really boring uh, number one seed Final Four. Mm-hmm. So that stinks. Then- I'm going to kick that out right now. I'm not going to do that. But that's – I like a Wisconsin-Kentucky final. Okay. I would love that. 
Can that happen though? Yeah, I think so. No, it can't. No, I don't think oh, it, it can. can. No, I don't no, think well, it then can. Well, scratch happen. that. Yeah. And I just since proved, that's impossible, yeah. I just proved idea. I didn't do my bracket. That's but fine. if that's I true. could make a bracket, I would put Wisconsin <laughs> yeah, and Kentucky in the final. Okay. In fact, if I could do that, I would have Wisconsin winning the whole thing. And you can do that. Let's you let's make a call. Who do we call you, to make this happen? Do we have the time on the show? He's the star. Well, oh, I mean, you can do any bracket you want. People are going to think it's nuts, and I do. But um, I, I'm sorry. I I should have taken my bracket far more seriously before meeting Good. with You've you, gentlemen. You've got time. You've got time. But uh, I do have a little time before the game starts. So let me yeah. ask you this. Let, let's let's talk about college versus NBA. Yeah. And just the difference of the game. There's something that we like about college. It's this one shining moment. Mm-hmm. There's a purity in a naive sense of, yeah. of the Probably, game. Probably, yeah, sure. Yeah. But what changes? Like when, when the guys grow up, when they go to the NBA game, how does the game change? Well, it's it's almost unrecognizable. Uh, and, and and here's the thing: I love college basketball and I love the NBA, but honestly, they're almost two completely different sports. Even though they're on the same court, and if you saw Hoosiers, you could measure the free throw line in the <laughs> rim, and it would be the <laughs> right. same. But the NBA. The athletes are so much bigger and more uh, capable athletically at doing things that are insane yeah. that it shrinks the court and it just makes it a a far different game to look at and and uh, you know it, it it's it's incremental uh, and it, so it's not across the board. Uh, I just it's a it's a finite space. So when seven footers are routine, and when dudes who can hit their head on the rim are routine, it's just going to change the finite space so much. Now we've seen the NBA actually has also changed. It used to be from an isolation standpoint, it used to be a one on one, clear out the other side uh, type. Uh, Barkley backs a guy in. Yeah. Uh, now it's it's this European the 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 European player brought this style to the sport where it's a draw and kick, rotate around the three point line. And now the three point Pointers never been bigger than it is in the NBA, and it's it's a it's a sport that uh, really uh, capitalizes on teamwork, which actually is in some ways related to the college game. But man, when you watch the college game and you see the the, the two halves, the shorter halves, the one game series, right. yeah. the uh, you know the lesser skill level, which makes for pressure has more of an impact. And I mean, there's just there's it's it's a it's a perhaps easier game to watch and to understand, and it's maybe even more entertaining for a full game standpoint. But I really think we have these two factions that always argue which is better. Man, I'm telling you, they're both fantastic, and if you follow either one of them, you have a really good case. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't like to say which one right. is necessarily better because I used to live in ACC country. All we cared about was college basketball. They used to stagger the start time so you could watch every game in the yeah. conference, and all the fans knew every ref by name. It was crazy. Then I moved to an NBA city, and uh, almost college basketball is ignored, and they, they, they dive into the NBA, and that's awesome. So, and you write but, a book about the Mavs. And I wrote a book about the Mavs. I mean, it's, they're, they're, they're fantastic. There's nothing like March Madness, but there's also nothing like the NBA playoffs, especially when your team goes on a two-month run of uh, yeah. 16 wins of glory like the Mavs. So speaking about things that are amazing, let's talk about Liberty basketball. Okay. And that you played. You were a college basketball player. I, I, I need to By, be very clear. I was on the very, scout team. Hey. I uh, tried to walk on. I, uh, I my, my claim to fame is uh, is having a three-pointer blocked by a man standing in the key, in the paint. <laughs> uh, 
it was seven foot three Constantine Popa who went on to play for the Miami Hurricanes. I was not good, um, but I loved basketball, and I really thought I had a chance to walk on because I was very good at a Christian school in Wisconsin growing up, and you know, you, you it was ultimate big fish, small pond, and people people <laughs> would tell you, "Man, you're pretty good." You're I pretty bet you amazing. Could. So I thought, "Wow, I could go play Division One." Got there, I could not guard anybody could not guard anybody and i found out very quickly that six four dudes who could hit wide open threes are dime a dozen in division one so if you can't guard anybody in basketball you better be really good offensively and i was merely slightly below average probably and and therefore i quickly moved into radio where uh your vertical leap has very little to do with uh, your ability (laughs) to keep a job talk to me just a little bit about just about your faith, kind of your faith journey, uh, what that was like in college, if that was pivotal for you, sure. and, and if it related to sports, if it didn't relate to sports, if that was a crushing time where you realized, man, my identity has to be bigger than, Boy, than my athletic It's ability. all tied in. It's all tied in. I grew up in a, a very conservative home. Um, uh, for those who, uh, who uh, can relate, uh, Footloose might have been based on a true story in some <laughs> respects. And, uh, you know, we just grew up at a time where, you know, pastors were not really, at least the ones were from where I was from, were not really into television and uh, would certainly uh, let people know that television is probably a really bad idea for your families. <laughs> and uh, my parents uh, did not get rid of our TV, but they kind of kept it in the closet. And I remember as a five or six year old that the, that, that the TV comes out for sports. And this is the late 70s, and there That's was almost awesome. no sports on TV. And I don't think I even cared about sports at the time. But, it, but I figured out as a kid very early, as maybe a second grader, that, okay, I can watch TV if I'm watching sports. I'm interested in sports. I love sports. (laughs) Let's watch. I mean, I can see the magic box. I think it was black and white. I was going to say the the color and everything, but uh, we didn't have color. So uh, I would, would, you know, look forward to Sunday when the TV could uh, come out of uh, the closet and uh, watch a Packer game. And, and, uh, you know, just I I guess I developed a a sports fix there. Um, So in some ways, my pastor led me to being a sports addict, which is uh, something I'm sure he's (laughs) very proud of. But, um, you know, I grew up I grew up uh, with God in my life because my parents, uh, you know, raised me that way. And um, like any kid. Um, you know, it's tough to say, looking back, what was your faith and what was your parents' faith sure. until you got to a certain point. And, and then, you know, I realized, uh, you know, my purpose, I guess, in life and, uh, um, you know, embraced it and, uh, went to a Christian university, but the biggest one I could find, uh, at Liberty at Jerry Falwell school. And, um, he, uh, we, we had some, uh, some discussions about my work in the media at times uh, when I was a student there, but he's a really, he was a sweet man and, uh, and, and, and meant very well. Uh, you know, I guess I, that sounds like I'm describing my grandma. She means so well, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but I, I, uh, I really admired him and I enjoyed going to his university, but, um, I wanted to work in sports and, uh, and it, it, it all ties together because um, I, I, I've been extremely blessed to get a job at the ticket in Dallas. And, and, and maybe since I've been there 17 years, if it, I, would, I would almost split it in half. Like the first half I was there, people knew where I was from. They knew my background. They knew my story. But I was doing my best to let them know that I'm totally normal. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> right, yeah. which is weird. If you grow up in a super conservative place, 
you're really freaked out that everyone in the real world thinks you're weird. And probably because on some level you might be. But uh, <laughs> but beyond that, uh, you know, if you want to go work amongst them, you feel compelled to really let them know that, uh, no, no, I'm not crazy. I, I, I swear, I'm, I'm, I'm normal. I can talk football with you. And, 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 and I don't know if it was 05 or 06, but somewhere on there, I, I guess I had an epiphany that, um, and maybe it helped that my, my younger brother is, a, is an assistant pastor and a chaplain in the Army and uh, seems to be uh, serving a heavenly purpose at every turn in his life. And, and then, you know, I do what I do, which is uh, certainly uh, not seemingly uh, serving a, a, a great heavenly purpose, talking about the Cowboys uh, every day of the year. But, um, but, but, but anyway, I, I kind of got this impression that there's probably more to this, which, which ultimately led me to mission trips, which ultimately led me to adoption, which, which, which then led me to, you know, and just all this is tied together, uh, accountability groups in church, uh, trying to, you know, live what you say you're about, not ever living this double life. And I wasn't really, I wasn't, you know, into bad things, but I definitely had two personas. I definitely had my church persona and my work persona. And I, you know, I, I, I've efforted, and I don't think you ever totally get there, but I've efforted to make that the same thing so that you're the same person everywhere. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if this person at your work speaks to this person at your church, they would have the same story on what you're all about. Yeah. And and it took me a long time to get there. And like I said, I don't know that I'm quote-unquote there, but but I, but I it feels right over this last decade to kind of be who you say you are um, in, in as many walks of life as possible or in many departments of life. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about kind of the journey uh, towards adoption and, and how, tell us a bit about that story. Yeah. Um, well, we have, you know, we had, we, we had a couple biological uh, children of our own. Um, you know, and I, it sounds even weird to, to, uh, put your kids in little departments, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, I know adoption is, is an option for, for people that don't often have their own children. Yeah. Uh, that was not the case with us. We had a boy and a girl and everything was, uh, you know, fairy ish and everything was fine, but we went, we went on a couple, I went on a couple mission trips. Uh, one I did bring my wife to in Guatemala and, um, you know, through Buckner, we've done a, I, I've, I've probably done almost 10 mission trips now with them. And we always go to Central America. We always end up at orphanages or baby homes. Yeah. And it always makes you super sad that you're visiting with them, you're playing with them, you're bringing them great joy, but then you're going to leave and you're not going to come back for 51 weeks or whatever the case may be. And although you can't solve all of the world problems, and Buckner often quotes a number like 140 million orphans worldwide, which is just such a mind-blowing yeah. number. Yeah. Um, it makes you think, gosh, you know, it, almost the the sand dollar story that we've all heard, uh, you know, about the, the, the grandpa throwing the sand dollar back in and saying, you know, the, the, the grandkid says, why are, you, why are you doing that? You know, and, and I'm butchering the story, but the end of the story is pretty much, uh, while I can't throw them all back in it made a difference for that one and and you know that that was really profoundly felt for us as as we in these baby homes some of these children would have birth defects in fact some of them would get there because they were born with a birth defect so their family was too poor to support a lot of children so they chose to only support the ones that 
seem to be born in yeah. mint condition, if you will. And, and, and so if, if one is born deaf or blind or, or whatever, uh, uh, sadly, someone ended up in a dumpster. And so, you know, one little girl was named Miracle. And it was a mir- her name was Miracle because she was found yeah. in a dumpster, and they found wow. her alive, and they brought her to this place, and now we're playing with her, and we're thinking, man, you know, this girl's blind. Uh, her name's Miracle. She was found in a dumpster. We need to we need to take her home, or we need to attempt to change her life. And and of course, um, it's not that easy. And you're not down there because you're looking for a kid, but God puts this cause in your heart. And uh, sadly for us, Guatemala's adoptions closed uh, internationally, and that's its own long story. Yeah. But then almost instantaneously, instantaneously Honduras opened, opened up, it. and we were the first family, I'm not positive in the U.S., but definitely through Buckner to adopt in Honduras. And uh, our little boy, we adopted him in 2011. He would just turn five, and now he's uh, he's been in our family for coming up on four years which is crazy and uh, he'll be nine in june and uh, it's 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 been fantastic so we didn't anticipate that third kid in fact uh I uh, definitely went under underwent the procedure to make sure we didn't have a third kid, but uh, but uh, then adoption changes everything. So it's a it's a <laughs> Google it's a, it's a drink you take. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Well, have there been have there been these kind of watermark moments through the adoption and and since your son over these last four years have uh, has lived with you guys that that the Lord and, and your faith, these kind of moments where you, you see that parallel between the saving work of Christ and the adopting work of God in your own heart uh, as an adopted son of God and this adopted son. It, have you had these watermark moments? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would say mostly it's, it's kind of um, interesting how your brain processes information and, and then how you try to um, talk about it with your with your biological kids, yeah. and uh, like we have a daughter who's twelve, a son who's ten, and uh, our new son is eight. And so, uh, if you go back four years, you know you're trying to explain to a six year old who this new four year old is, yeah. and uh, why he's messing with all your stuff. And uh, you know, it was funny because we, my my wife and I, knew this long road we went on for a couple years to actually adopt, but to a six year old, he just wants cartoons or lucky charms or whatever he doesn't care about this long story and he assumes this this kiddo who's now with you is uh just staying for a little while and we'll head on home we'll return him to his home (laughs) at some point in fact i clearly remember my two uh our our, our two uh, lifelong kiddos i guess saying um you know when they would get mad is uh you know can we can we take them back (laughs) and uh that's 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 you know it's it sounds yeah. really cruel but uh, kids are just uh they're they're they're, they're pragmatic and uh <laughs> and, 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 pragmatic. And, i've never and, thought of that but kids know, are pragmatic when you're uh when you when you're when you're trying to explain this to them the the the, the anecdotal uh idea that that we're all adopted and uh that um that um you know the lord has uh, adopted us into his family i you know i i, I think that's um it's real simple equation for for your own kids to understand, and if they can understand it, uh, uh, then then you as an adult uh, probably can as well. And 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 so as far as you know, just moment. I mean, it's weird. It, it, it's because you're always in your head. You're like, are, are my two boys fighting because they're from two different parts of the world, or are they fighting because that's what little boys, boys do, do sometimes? Yeah. And you know, it's just it's it's 
it's a journey, man. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, like any of this stuff, like marriage, uh, the wedding is not the destination. It's like the yeah. and just that's like true. with adoption, you're it's it's all this present tense. Uh, process that uh, you never actually get, you, you know, you, you never actually get to a point where, okay, I think this, we're, we've arrived at normal now, yeah. you know, this is right. now, this is, you know, it's, it's always constantly evolving, but, but, the, you know, we've been super blessed of, uh, of, of having a, a family with, with, with five, um, you know, real fun loving people that, that uh, figure things out on the fly. And it's not, it's not simple. You know, yeah, anyone sure who's ever done adoption should know, yeah. especially international adoption where you live in a hotel room for six weeks in Tegucigalpa, uh, and they advise you not to leave the hotel without, uh, without uh, an escort because uh, things can get Never a little done, sticky yeah. down there. But, um, you know, it's not easy, but, but we, would, we would definitely uh, we would not change a thing about it. I mean, awesome. it's, 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 it's an awesome uh, chapter of our life. Well, it's been great having you on just to hang yeah, out and sure. talk everything from uh, sports to adoption to being a terrible college basketball player. Hey, so, I, I was. Uh, I was. So, <laughs> so appreciate that, and thanks for listening to the podcast show. Uh, we'll be back um, next month, and got a full list of things there. Uh, so we'll, I guess, do it then. Hey, great job, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's me, just off the cuff. Nice.